Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Renee, joined by Christine Steimer. Hello. Brittany Brombacher. Hello. And a very special guest is here with us in studio. Naomi Kyle is here. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi. Welcome Hi. to the show. Thank you so much for coming down and joining us. You know, me and the girls talk a lot about how we have so many cool friends that work in the video games business, but we haven't really gotten an opportunity to get many people on the show. In fact, I think Mary Kish is the only other guest yes, we've had. That's oh true. Oh my gosh. You're guest number two. Yes. Woo! Number two. So Alexa Ray is not here this week. She's still dealing with some ongoing medical issues. She sends her regrets, um, but she will be appearing in some Patreon exclusive content that is going live. Did it go live already? It is live. live. So yeah. if you um, want to get in on that exclusive content, you can head on over to patreon.com slash what's good games. Ladies, for just a dollar, people can get in on One the action. Brit, what can people get for that dollar? They can get a video of us drawing dicks on things. That's true. That not, safe not safe for work. Not safe for work. This one? I don't know where so we are. If you want to watch some content that isn't safe for children, <laughs> <laughs> and I do. The I content that do. is safe for children. This month we painted pumpkins. Oh, that is safe. That's true. Family Although, friendly. Yeah. I mean, so, it's us, so it's probably not family friendly. Well, I was going to say, they're all really cute. Uh, Alexa, Andrea, and Simon made really cute pumpkins. Mine's I saw kind of the abomination one, which unfortunately is not on set right now. It makes me kind of sad. Would you like me to get oh, it for I you? I would love it. Get that pumpkin. Let's get it on set. Yeah, girl, look at that pumpkin. <laughs> oh my God, that is the best thing ever. Thank you. <laughs> now, Naomi, you're an artist. You appreciate that, right? I do. I Thank very you. much love Thank this. You. Thank you very much. It, it's in everything about a pumpkin that I love. For people who are listening who have not seen a photo of said pumpkin, it is quite a large, tall pumpkin, you know, one of those vertical ones, and it's got two large eyes stuck on it and i kind of want to call them googly eyes but they're not <laughs> they're, they're more, more beautiful like, than that they're more like, like cat eyes they are cat but eyes. the really interesting part is it's got bushy eyebrows <laughs> painted on it's got some kind of large red wound underneath oh, of its right is. eye mm-hmm. and then there's something with some kind of zombie d- mouth happening <laughs> and it's like um, eating a furry thing i think i can make out a nose and the best part brit turn it around oh yeah <laughs> it's got a but tramp stamp which is kind of in the middle of its back but we can call it a tramp stamp anyway it's fine it's a confused pumpkin there is there is if you are watching the video there is another t there's a tiny little t (laughs) (laughs) so you don't know what kind of butt it is you have to take a guess exactly um but that was a fun video and uh we you can watch that uh, that whole painting process um if you are are Patreon subscriber at the $1 level and above so thank you to everybody who is supporting us but um 
we will be talking to Miss Kyle about all of her escapades in the world of creative Twitch streams and video games a little bit later on in the third segment. But we want to talk a little bit about the news. Say, Naomi, you are on arguably the biggest news show in video games. Yeah. Yeah. What's the name of that show again? It's pretty. Oh, it's called The Daily Fix. Pretty pretty the daily fix. <laughs> it's just, just a little show I do over on IGN. At IGN. Uh, yeah, no, I do the daily fix. So we actually did talk about a lot of the news we're going to be covering today. So Excited. the first story, yeah, this, uh, what a weird week for news. Super yeah. crazy. So some weeks, as you are acutely aware, nothing. It's like a desert out there for news. You're scraping to find something <laughs> to talk about. Tumbleweed. Just Other weeks, yep. it just kind of falls right on your lap. And yeah. this is kind of one of those weeks. So the first big story we want to talk about um, was kind of shocking to me and kind of sad as mm-hmm. well. A little bit of both. Uh, Electronic Arts announced they will be shutting down their Visceral Games studio. So I'm going to read a little bit of an excerpt from the article that Polygon wrote up about this story. So they are making major changes to the team's in-development Star Wars project. Visceral has been working on an action-adventure game set in the Star Wars universe in some form since 2013, when EA and Disney announced a multi-year game deal. It's been described as a story-based, linear adventure in the style of Naughty Dog's Uncharted series. But it looks like EA is making a, quote, significant change to that title. EA's executive vice president, Patrick Sutherland, made a statement on their website, and it reads, Throughout the development process, we have been testing the game concept with players listening to the feedback about what and how they want to play, and closely tracking fundamental shifts in the marketplace. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to enjoy for a long time to come, we needed to pivot the design. We will maintain the stunning visuals, authenticity in the Star Wars universe, and focus on bringing a Star Wars story to life. Importantly, we are shifting the game to be a broader experience that allows for more variety and player agency, leaning into the capabilities of our Frostbite engine and reimagining central elements of the game to give players a Star Wars adventure of greater depth and breadth to explore. So this is really kind of um, a major bummer, especially since they went on to say that they will be delaying this game until the launch of it into EA's 2019 fiscal year, which runs from April 2018 through March 2019. So... Um, or excuse me, that was its original launch date. It's been pushed back indefinitely. So we know that we won't see this game probably before March 2019, which is <laughs> yeah. quite a ways away. So um, the the last kind of nugget of information I want to uh, put out there is that the, they followed up and asked EA about Amy Hennig's future um, on the project and at EA, and they said, we're in discussions with Amy about her next move, which mm-hmm. is not a good sign. No. Mm-hmm. So... Wow. I did not see this coming at all. This was a gut punch. Such a bummer. And especially after what happened with Star Wars 1313, like the way they were just like, well, this looks awesome. Too bad. Yes. None for you. Yeah. Star Wars has a bad uh, past with just development hell, like with all their games. And that's a really good example. And now we have another one. Um, Yeah. No, it's super disappointing. Plus, uh, like, what does that mean for games in the future, like AAA titles telling a story? Like, are we just not down for that anymore? Like, what is the audience saying? Yeah, that's uh, what I thought was super weird about this. He made it sound like the oh, uh, it what it was shaping up to be a single player like linear campaign, as if it was if as if it's a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's, there are many bummer things about this. Like, I love Visceral, I love the Dead Space series, and I'm really sad that we probably will never see that again. Um, but when it comes to Star Wars, you know, that's what I want. I know everyone loves, but not everyone, but a lot of people love Battlefront. They mm-hmm. love the multiplayer aspect of it. But for me, 
Um, I want that single player Amy touched Star Wars experience. Me too. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, Simon, I was like, that's what people wanted, I think. I mean, we're getting the, the action from Battlefront 2 coming out. And I know that has a campaign in it as well, but I don't think it's going to be the Amy campaign. It's not going to be the same story-based, like, Uncharted type of Star Wars game. Yeah. Which is what they were going for. What's funny is that, so they released Battlefront, and everyone was like, where's my single player? And so they were like, okay. (laughs) That was the main complaint. Right? And then they're like, okay, well, here's your single player and your better multiplayer but also we're canning the single player, which is of the or not canning it. That's the wrong term. But like now we're going to change this thing that was going to be mostly single player and making it multiplayer. And I'm like, I think you're confused. Like, I think yeah. you maybe don't. <laughs> right. Doesn't it feel because you yeah. have that experience. You have that long, long tail experience with Battlefront. So what other type of long tail Star Wars experience are you trying to get? So you've already done that. Like why? Yeah. Right. So I think a lot of (laughs) a lot of discussion that's been happening over the last couple of days since this announcement went live has really centered around the idea of games as live services and more importantly around microtransactions and how so many of these large publishers seem to be shoehorning in microtransactions and in-game content specifically to increase revenues mm-hmm. from games and clearly from the you know outrage over the microtransactions in a single based experience like Middle Earth Shadow of War you know I'm sure EA has been kind of monitoring that situation going well we clearly need to make more money from this game because our shareholders are really liking how much money because EA reported that they made over $1 billion in 2016 from in-game content. And so, or excuse me, from additional content, I think was the exact wording. But that to me kind of smacks of them looking at it going, okay, so we need to make more content that we can sell. Can we do that? For a longer period of time. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. the ongoing experience. Exactly. It's like what Blizzard has banked on for their whole Totally. Yeah. And I, I had this conversation with Greg earlier this week on, on Games Daily. And, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of brought up, I think, or maybe it was one of the audience members brought up, well, maybe it wasn't around microtransactions. Maybe there was some kind of you know, drama at the studio because apparently in Jason Schreier's book that when he talks about Naughty Dog, um, there are some documented incidences of what happened and what led to, you know, her leaving Naughty Dog and and some of the things that went down in the development team there. I haven't read the book yet, so I, I wasn't sure what they were referring to, but I find it hard to believe that EA would invest so much money into this project. I mean, the burn rate for her studio alone must have been crazy to just walk away because of some drama. I have to imagine it's them going, we need to make more money on this project. Yeah, I mean, yeah. three and a half years of development, that's... Oof. It's either that or or there was drama, but drama in the sense that they weren't concepting fast enough, they weren't getting it done fast enough, and the game wasn't where it needed to be, but it was at a point where another studio could take it over and make it into something else, which... Right, so I'm glad I'm you brought. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So there is another studio in the statement that EA put out on their website. They said a development team from across EA Worldwide Studios will take over development of this game, led by a team from EA Vancouver that has already been working on the project. Our visceral studio will be ramping down and closing, and we're in the midst of shifting as many of the team as possible to other projects and teams at EA. Because that's the that's the key. Like, yes, you can talk about how much EA wants to Scrooge McDuck even further right like they just really want their (laughs) pile of money that is definitely a component here i think but for them to decide to close the studio like that's a big decision and so i mean it's one thing to be like well the project isn't working 
you know what, we're going to like shift it over here. Um, but to be like, you know what, we're done here. And it's what's really odd about it is that I don't recall another publisher shutting down a studio mid project. It's common for these studios to be shuttered in between projects or maybe after a giant project launches and they don't have another thing on their slate that they're working on. But like in the middle of development to just say we're, you know, we're closing it down is like really troubling. There's definitely, I really wish I could be like a fly on the wall there because something odd is happening. Like that's just so (laughs) weird. Number one, it's a weird statement. And yeah. like so, it's weird that fan feedback was that important. And like, who did they use? Well, it to, wasn't. To provide that's that what feedback. they. That's what PR said would be yeah. the best way to maybe <laughs> just to like, yeah, to put it together to make some sense of it. I don't know. I don't know what's going. What happened there exactly? But yeah. I now I'm kind of like, yeah, what did happen? That's just it. And it's like you know, there's a lot of speculation, a lot of conversations happening. And all if you kind of dissect that PR speak, right? It's like okay, if you look into this. This game wasn't going to make us enough money being a linear story driven experience. So we have to do something probably incorporating multiplayer. I mean, but if you look at that statement, there's not a heck of a lot of hints. There's hints, but you don't know where they're going. Right. So maybe they're going to take elements from I'm being very optimistic here, um, (laughs) taking elements from what Amy has done with the game and maybe adding some other things to it. Maybe we'll kind of get that little touch. They did say they're keeping a lot of the assets and a lot of what they had already previously built for, I think, what EA Vancouver is going to take over and Worldwide Studios. Yeah, but that doesn't mean I think what that means more of like is we're keeping the art. Because art's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I would guess. But I don't know. Star Wars 1313 had a lot of art made for it as well. And I saw some pretty amazing gameplay demos that looked pretty finished. I mean, obviously, they needed some polish and things like that. But right. you think after yeah, but three it- years, too, maybe there's like something right. there that they can keep. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to. I thought oh you my were God, I'm Sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> just, just keep an apology just keep fest apologizing. <laughs> Don't get in an apology fest with a Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say a vertical slice is a much different, like a gameplay demo versus actually having oh, a complete true. game. Yeah. But what I saw wasn't a vertical slice. Oh, you didn't? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it wasn't playable. It was like a, like a, a walkthrough, like dev demo. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also another component. Um, I don't know. So Kotaku followed up. I saw in, in an updated article that um, there they had Kotaku had acquired an email that basically confirms that Amy Hennig is completely off the project. So you know them mm-hmm. saying we don't know what her next move or we're discussing mm-hmm. what her next move is. Like that also leads to question, like kind of what you said, where maybe there was an issue with or what you had mentioned too about Naughty Dog. Like maybe there was an issue with how emmy hennig handled it i don't know like mm-hmm. what is that yeah it would be, why is she completely off the project like that seems like a completely yeah it would be interesting to story. know if it was something that was driven from her end or if she caught wind or found out about them wanting to shut the studio and move her to the vancouver office to continue development there and she was like doing. wait what no way and maybe mm-hmm. she like got really upset as she should because she's been working with that team for quite some time yeah. and if ea so kind of pulled she, the rug up from under her you know i would get her being mad but i don't know i would love i would love to talk to amy about it but i doubt she's gonna talk to him to me or anybody (laughs) else about it i'm sure she's gonna have to sign some extensive legal documents that would make sense well in about three years four years we can all jump back to this conversation yeah now we know what actually happened i think the most tragic part is this was the one star wars game of everything ea said that they were working on between respawn Mm -hmm. and dice and and this game that i was so excited for because the 
listen, like I like Star Wars, but I'm not a Star Wars junkie, you know, like I don't need to like have everything Star Wars all the time. But this game, I was like an Amy Hennig written game that's a single player experience done by Visceral. I was like so jazzed for yeah. this. And this yeah. is like so sad. It's not going to come out yeah. now. Or if it does, it's going to be multiple years before we see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and a completely different game for all we know. That's yeah. The, when that's, I was talking about, I had tweeted out like, oh my God, now first 13, 13. Now this one's getting canceled. People are like, the game's not canceled. It's, being it's whatever and I'm like it's not no, no. the game we wanted was canceled yeah. <laughs> yeah, i don't know if you realize this but it's, it's not going to exactly like, mm-hmm. refocusing is pr speak for we've canned that we're gonna take not happening take the assets maybe some of them and like <laughs> make it into a different game and that's not the game we wanted or signed up for um now granted i i'm curious to see what you guys think about because i think a lot of people have thrown around the term like destiny star wars yeah that was mm-hmm. being said a lot as well yep. I saw that in a, in a bunch of conversations. Well, clearly Activision has kind of, you know, put their flag in the sand to be like, we own that space. We have created like a share world shooter that everybody loves and clearly makes a lot of money for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if, if EA is looking at it going, well, we could make something like that. We have that kind of development mm-hmm. money. Well, we have Anthem the IP too. that yeah. would yeah. actually drive people to the game. Mm-hmm. Not that obviously a lot of people play Destiny, but <laughs> yeah. Star Wars is a much bigger brand than Destiny. I don't think anybody <laughs> would argue against that. But yeah. I think, but it's weird because the thing that makes Destiny great is the gunplay, and very few other devs can do that as well as Bungie does. So it would be, I would be curious to know like what is EA Vancouver's pedigree in that uh, department. Play. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we're just gonna deflect bullets. Yeah. Do you need to hire us for some sound effects? We, got it. we, we got are great at it. We should definitely be hired. But the thing that's interesting to me when you guys are talking about like you know games of service, I do think EA is one of those companies that chases trends and they chase them hard and they fall fast. Um, yeah, they chased they chased Facebook games hard. I know this because I worked there. <laughs> hey, I remember the Minions game, the Minions mobile game that they did. Yeah. So like they're a company that's like, this is the thing. Go all in. Go and all then in. as soon as that bubble bursts, they're like, they're looking for the, the fast, uh, the fast dollar versus like the long term. Like, you know, you're building it like now this is this kills any hopes for like a lot of people who are fans of not only Star Wars, but EA, like who were hopeful for this game. Like you've kind of ca- lost that audience. Like now you have to regain our trust in some way so absolutely uh it's definitely an interesting to say and yeah they're just chasing it seems like the money and whatever you know long-term income they can guarantee because these kind of games are kind of i mean it, it just seems like a, a step in a direction where they're like this is you know money that's going to be ongoing mm-hmm. and we're not going to have to you know dish out a story and like have it maybe fail because it's story-based games sometimes can do that and they're not always a safe bet yeah i so, agree it's kind of interesting now, you know, that we know what EA's motives are making money. Who would have thought? <laughs> Who uh, would have thought? To see how Anthem works out, too. Yeah, to see, you know, if they're going that Destiny route, like, is Anthem going to be very Destiny route as mm-hmm. well? It's, it definitely the, felt I was that having way. this conversation with somebody earlier this week about, about Anthem and how it could be a Destiny killer. And I said, I don't think that's ever going to happen because I love Bioware. We all love Bioware in this room, right? They, they make great games. You know what they don't do well? Shooting. They <laughs> yeah. make great stories, Shooters, great narrative yeah. arcs. And and they make amazing characters and the combat's okay it's it's passable it's fun but is it is it um a solid first person shooting mechanics no no so yeah. i mean it's third person well, anyway, it's hard, yeah right but bungie versus bioware comes to shooting it 
you yeah. know, if you're comparing I mean, it. those, but then also you look at the story. It's like the they have the they have they have the thing the other one needs. See, yeah, <laughs> this is why they should team up. They each have oh, their own strength. B squared. B squared. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> need to make oh my god! Make All right, babies. bring in the do- those dollars, please. Please make babies. <laughs> we we will kickstart this. We will Indiegogo you. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next story, which is kind of an interesting one um, because they kind of, I don't want to say backtracked, but um, Mm -hmm. they put out a a statement saying that they're not using this. So I'm referring to Activision Activision researched using matchmaking tricks to sell in-game items. So Rolling Stone broke this story this week, which I thought was, uh, I tweeted, wow, so gross was my first reaction. So let me uh, read to you what the story is. So Activision, Activision was granted a patent this month for a system it uses to convince people in multiplayer games to purchase items for a game through microtransactions. But Activision tells Glixel, uh, sorry, it's Glixel is the gaming branch of Rolling Stone, but it appeared on RollingStone.com for a clarification, that the technology is not currently in any games. So um, Activision's statement, which I'm trying to decide if I should read that now or later. I'll read it now. It says, this was an exploratory patent filed in 2015 by an R&D team, so it's a research and development team, working independently from our game studios, an Activision spokesperson told Glixel. It has not been implemented in-game. Bungie also confirmed separately to Glixel that the technology is not being used in Destiny 2. So what is this technology? It's a system and method for driving microtransactions in multiplayer video games, which was filed as a patent and granted on October 17th, according to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. So the patent details how multiplayer matches are configured, specifically how players are selected to play with one another. The process used by Activision involves a computer looking at a wide variety of factors, including skill level, internet latency, availability of friends, and other things. It goes through a system to first soft reserve a slot in a game for a player and then assign the player to the same match. For example, in one implementation, the system may include a microtransaction engine that arranges matches to influence game-related purchases. For instance, the microtransaction engine may match a more expert or marquee player with a junior player to encourage the junior player to make game-related purchases of items possessed and used by the marquee player. That junior player may wish to emulate the marquee player by Mm. obtaining weapons or other items used by the marquee player. (laughs) So the patent goes on to explain some other similar situations, but I think you kind of get the gist of how gross... How just how gross this it's is. It's the devil. It's important to note that in 2016, Activision Blizzard said it earned $3.6 billion from in-game sales, up from 2015's $1.6. So they earned an additional $2 billion in in-game sales Yikes. from 2015 to 2016. And we wonder why microtransactions are everywhere. Everyone's looking at that pie and going, I want a slice. One, exactly. <laughs> one more part of that I want to add that you didn't t- talk on. In a particular example, the junior player may wish to become an expert sniper in the game as determined by their player profile. The microtransaction engine may match the junior player with a player that is highly skilled sniper in the game. That was that part was confusing to me, like as determined by the player profile. Like, what does that mean? You're just using sniper rifles more than more often than not and therefore the game determines that you really want to be a sniper and yeah then- all that data is available to them so the other half of, the, of what she read there it says in this manner the junior player may be encouraged to make game related purchases such as a rifle or other items used by the marquee player meaning the sniper um um player it's the the really 
like the immediate like this is gross part is wow you're tricking people into buying things wow you're intentionally putting high level players with junior players where they're going to fail because you've designed it for them to fail and then because they have failed they will see in order for me to succeed I have to buy the thing to succeed that's so gross on so many levels I don't even know where to start (laughs) yeah yeah um See, the the weird thing to me is, like, I wouldn't be grossed out by this if it was mostly a cosmetic thing. No, like, no. Oh, we saw that you... If it had if it worked like this instead, if it worked like, hey, we saw in the store that you looked at this shotgun skin and then you didn't buy it and then we're matchmaking you and then with a, somebody who happens to own said shotgun skin and we put it in there and so then you look at it and you're like, oh, it does look really cool in the game. Yeah. I'll buy it. I'm actually okay with that. It's kind of like a billboard or like one of those ads that follows you around on the internet because you looked at a thing once. God help you. Or it hurt your voice. You will see it for the rest of your life. Exactly. (laughs) Because it listens to you, apparently. Yeah, it's like online matchmaking, right? The whole point is to like test your skills against players. It's just about like playing the game with somebody who's equal. Right. So why are you changing that? Please don't mess with that. Yeah, (laughs) thankfully they said, I mean, they say they haven't implemented it. And And I do think if they implemented it the way it is described right here, it would break the game because... As you were saying, a junior player, I don't know that this would work to get a junior player to buy the shinier gun. It might, it will get some people for sure. But if you're going to have such a miserable experience getting murdered all the time. I mean, have you played Call of Duty recently? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's exactly what it is right now. Mm. As a a self-described junior player in Call of Duty, um, my experience in the recent um, beta, and thankfully they didn't have microtransactions turned on their beta like Battlefront 2 did. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Um. Um, But... I found it very difficult to keep up because all everybody else who had been playing longer than I had had better guns than me. And mm-hmm. I started out with the basic gun and the basic class and there was just no way that I could compete with this like derpy gun with iron sights when everybody <laughs> else had like reticle scopes and things like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so if I could buy my way into better guns, I probably would consider doing that if I was interested in continuing to play the game. Um, but important to know in the story about the patent they said this is not restricted just to shooters the patent applies to all types of games that activision and blizzard publish cool man yeah it's like you know i don't (laughs) i'm all for the player choice if you want to buy those things and make yourself good through buying things that's your decision as an adult you go on with your bad self you do what you want to do but it's like if you have all these fancy algorithms and the technology to do this why not make fair matchmaking like you know Pair the people who have bought things together and pair the people who haven't together. Use all of your sneaky squirrel skills to make matchmaking fair. And I know there's not money incentivized with that. But if you're making all these billions of dollars like you're saying... Come on. How You're many good. pools full of gold coins can you have? No, but they make more. They, they just they just want more. And that's the really frustrating part about where we're at right now and why the topic of microtransactions mm-hmm. and in-game content is so hotly contested. And clearly, like when you think about a shooter with in-game purchases that does matchmaking, Overwatch is so huge for Activision right now yeah. and Activision Blizzard. They just announced that they hit 35 million global players. You know, yeah. and it, it's, it's sad. But that's all cosmetic. Yeah. That's which is totally fine. But we don't know if it's always gonna be only cosmetic. I don't Yeah, that's true. And that's that's the crappy faith in Blizzard. Yeah, I have faith that they'll be transparent. Yeah. Like but you never know. Activision (laughs) statement is just a little I don't want to say shady, but it's a little confusing because they say this happened in twenty fifteen. 
is it because you know now they're making so much money like you would think maybe they'd say hey this is a correlation yeah yeah this, explain yourself this, yeah like this happened in 2015 back when we were testing microtransaction models we have learned that this is not necessary we no longer have plans to implement this in our products do you want a job in pr for activision i mean and then you look at the, thank you i look on the flip side of it and it's like you know they're they're in a, they're a business and they just want to make more and more money like you were saying so how it's it's fucking tricky <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's so like businesses that's how they grow is you know they check the profit margin and that's their that's their only goal ever like a company i feel like i've been an advocate for like companies should have it split 50 50 where it's not just about profit but it's about how well can you pay your employees how much of a like good life can you quality provide these life. people quality of life like you, you there's a value in companies being a part of our world why don't they you know also help the world in the way that government does you know but, yeah, yeah. I, i'm taking I, it into political no, 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 no. i think i think it's always it's, been in the back of my mind that's good no if, if companies have the financial means to do so absolutely unfortunately not Should be not all companies are sadly ea or activision and have the you know the, the means bandwidth. to do that yeah right yeah but it exactly. should be a measurement or it should be like something you know i don't know in your group of people who invested in the company that you know oh look what we did this year we were able to pay our employees this such and such you know Mm -hmm. instead they just take a bonus check and they laugh and run away yeah yeah Yeah. that's that's usually (laughs) the case um i had an interesting conversation um well not really conversation more of an exchange on twitter with somebody who brought up uh king and how activision blizzard acquired king and how this kind of i forgot about that uh of Mm. king's doing and not really you know activision and I got to thinking, I was like, of course. I mean, who is the king of the microtransaction <laughs> in the mobile world? Candy Crush, right? Like, they're yeah. huge. There's a reason why that game has yeah. made billions of dollars. And it's because of in-game transactions. And it would ma- only make sense that they would bring that structure and that algorithm or the code or whatever kind of um tech behind that um you know item over to regular console and pc games i mean i hope not because we pay 60 dollars usually for a console or pc game and i don't really want to pay in game transactions um constantly like you do in mobile but um we're already there i mean we're not there to the extent that you're constantly being asked to click the paywall button as you are in Games? I would just <laughs> murder everyone in a ten foot radius, which would be nobody because I live alone. But <laughs> it's it's pretty bad in in mobile games these days. That I, I spend a lot in Fallout Shelter. I'm not gonna lie. Hey, listen, I on this show talked about when I played uh, the Hobbit Kingdoms of Middle Earth, and I spent quite a pretty penny yeah. on that mobile game as well. And if Alexa Ray was here, she would talk about how she recently spent $40 on Fire Emblem Heroes. 40 uh, extra dollars. 40 extra do- additional dollars. And <laughs> we got uh, Takumi. Is that who she got? Takumi, yeah. yeah. Have you heard about my Pokemon Go spending? Oh my gosh, no. Okay, don't. I probably should. No, tell her. Tell her. <laughs> Multiple <laughs> hundreds of dollars. I won't, na- I won't make her <laughs> name. One billion dollars. <laughs> like, like more than 500, but less than 1,000. Less than, <laughs> less than 900, more than 700. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Let's narrow the window a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, no, um, it's, it's it's just tricky. It's like I don't even play online games, so I but I'm getting like fired up thinking about it because it just seems so gross. Like you were saying, to manipulate your online component to make more money, and it's like I know you're a business and you have to make money, but at some point, it's like you have to have that split. Like you were saying, Naomi, like how do you 
please the masses, but also like sit on your big gold piles at the end of the day. Because mm-hmm. this is it's just and make your so, shareholders happy. And that statement, yeah. oh, that's so such a bad statement. They need a new statement. They um, they definitely need a new something statement. Something needs yeah. to be t- oh. it, it changed seems like about that. Yeah, that honestly, that model probably wouldn't do badly in like an Asian market because pay to win is actually a lot more accepted there. Uh, I just don't think it would ever work in North America. People would not be down for mm-hmm. that. That's true. Well, at least in the Chinese market, like the roll rates are public knowledge. So people might be more okay with spending money on loot boxes and microtransactions because they know exactly what they're getting. Well, not exactly, but at least they, they <laughs> see the what odds. the odds are. Whereas here in North America, that's not a legal requirement. So when you buy um, a, a loot box, you don't know what the role is going to be. If it's going to be one in 20, one in 100, or one in 1,000. Dear RN Jesus, for Christmas this year, <laughs> I would like this special gun. Someone needs to drop RN Jesus for us. <laughs> Please. If you are listening or watching and you have artistic skill and you would like to create a mock-up of what RN Jesus looks like, <laughs> please send it to us on Twitter, on Facebook, or at contact at whatsgoodgames.com. I assume you know of RN Jesus, Naomi. Uh, I do don't. not. Okay, so... But- I'm assuming it's Jesus related. It's basically. <laughs> so I know of Jesus. The term RNG <laughs> comes from RNG, random number generator. So like whenever you roll a loot box or anything in a game um, and it's like a dice roll, essentially, that's RNG. And but so you call, you, say, you, call you say you call it praying to RNG because like, yes, you're hoping please, that the please. dice rolls in your favor. Basically, Love it. Okay. Cool. So yeah, we should definitely get uh, emote of that or something. Yeah, help us out. Oh, yeah, That'd help be cool. us out. <laughs> um, another story I wanted to talk about because I found it particularly interesting was um, Sony is publishing Nintendo Switch and PC games under a new label. Sony Music Entertainment sent out a press release earlier this week, and they have launched a new label called Unties or Unties. I said unties in my reporting. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't unties know. Unties just sounds like undies. And I, I don't want to say that. <laughs> it does sound like don't. undies. Um, <laughs> whose upcoming projects include a game titled Tiny Metal that's coming to Nintendo's hybrid console, uh, the Switch he's referring to, mm-hmm. um, and PC and PS4. Uh, Untied has so far revealed three more projects, one for PS4 and two listed for PC TBA, hinting they could come to other platforms later on. Sony Music says the label has been set up to unearth high-quality indie titles and utilize SME's vast entertainment business wisdom in order what? to expose them as to as many consumers as possible. It went on to say it intends to free creators from the myriad ties that bind them when it comes to publishing their games and make free limitless publishing a reality so oh, yeah it is yeah, like that's never gonna happen and not unties so yeah okay <laughs> first thought omg why is sony publishing video games under their music label when they have an entire publishing division first thing second thing free limitless publishing a reality um I'm going to get into why that's a bad thing in a second. But first, who would have ever thought a music group would be publishing video games? Now, you have some insight into the music business. You've published um, a, you've recorded a hit song. Yeah. No, come on, guys. Yeah, girl. <laughs> I am definitely no Timberland or anything. Um, <laughs> but uh, I guess, yes, I guess I have some side into the music industry. I don't. I don't I don't think this makes sense. I don't think that Sony Music should be post- publishing games, but I think it's cool. I still think it's cool that things are merging. Like Sony's now working with Nintendo and you never know. 
maybe Sony and Microsoft will someday work together. <laughs> I don't know if that's good, but it's still kind of cool to see the evolution, the ebbs and flows of the industry. Sure. Do you think they put it under the music group because they're working with Nintendo and they didn't want? They didn't want association. Any maybe brand? That's what know. I'm thinking. That's the only thing I can think of. That's what I'm thinking. So it was interesting when I was originally researching this story, I found um, some source material that's reminded people that Sony a long time ago, back in the 90s, published stuff on Nintendo before PlayStation existed. But then PlayStation existed and then they were like, well, of course we would publish under PlayStation because that's our video game brand. And so I would yeah. go back to that now and be like, if you've spent literally billions of dollars over decades building a publishing group and uh, such a strong brand recognition mm -hmm. around the globe worldwide mm -hmm. people know what playstation is why would you pick another division of your company to publish video games under it's kind of i, I kind of don't understand i actually do now because i be, well, <laughs> it's i all know become, everything it's all become clear <laughs> but no but i really i honestly think that exactly what you just said but if you twist it slightly is why like okay. because if you you don't want to build up this entire brand and then be like, PlayStation is now on Switch. Or like, people will be like, what do you mean that I can get this thing that's published by PlayStation on Nintendo? Like, then people get brand confusion and they don't know what's going on. But if you're like, it's Sony Music Group. Cool, I don't know what that is. Sounds good. I can get it on my Nintendo Switch and my PlayStation. Sweet. What is this? Is like a third party thing? Great. I don't care. Like, I but, think they have, <laughs> but they have Sony Interactive Entertainment. That's the parent division of PlayStation. So, right. so, so they I mean, use that, I, you think to, I definitely, that. yeah, I definitely I think, get what you're saying. I don't know. They've done a whole bunch of weird corporate stuff in the past couple I years. I am very have, confused yes. about all the divisions at Sony. Because there be was, the, when I worked there, it was split and it was PlayStation and Sony, Inter either SEN or SNE. I don't remember which one. Sony Entertainment Sony Network. Network Entertainment is what you're Sony thinking Network of. Entertainment. They're Computer honestly, they were two. International America. I think they there are still two. two. I think they are still two. <laughs> no, Brittany's, <laughs> Brittany's like, oh my we're God. We're going to try to figure this out right now, guys. <laughs> no, I meant that they were, I meant that <laughs> they. Decipher Sony divisions and, and different. I don't even think people at Sony knows what's going on. No. Like, yeah. But they merged at one point, I think. I'm pretty sure. When I, it's like as I was leaving, I think they were merging. Okay, so Anyways. is this just like a matter of haha, we did a thing, we don't really understand what we're doing, how the industry works, haha, Sony music on Nintendo, yay? Or do you think this is like sort of deep down an extension of goodwill? To Nintendo mm -hmm. from Sony? Um Or is it just like a happy or, little accident? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had enough time to think about that. it. I um, think this, that's a good that's a good question i don't think sony really cares about extending goodwill if they did they would have met microsoft in the middle and allowed minecraft servers to have cross play between ps4 and xbox right yeah. like that's a goodwill gesture mm -hmm. clearly sony is focused on the bottom line for their business so clearly this has something to do with how they can continue to make money they wouldn't and have started using this the success of the switch in order to Precisely. Mm. All right. So now that makes sense. Yeah. Around around the corner deals with the switch. We've deciphered it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. The yeah. question is, are like, I'm not familiar with the games. Uh, are they good? Do we know? We don't know. Uh, one of the games usually that makes or breaks it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. So it's all question. about if the games are. You should good, have asked not, that a while ago. And that yeah. was your point. I think that you were going to make about free and 
free mystical magical publishing for everybody right yeah so, also explain that please and what your thoughts you were gonna share us yeah so the, so the other point that make free limitless publishing a reality and why i think this is a bad idea so they even say that they want to use their enter their vast entertainment business wisdom i'm doing air quotes here for everybody listening <laughs> to expose them to as many consumers as possible and to make free limitless publishing a reality. So this, in a nutshell, defines the problem with indie games today. Yep. Is that discoverability is the number one issue that indie developers are facing. Even if I make the best game that anybody's ever seen, it's got incredible polish, beautiful art, wonderful music, incredible characters. If people don't see it and play it, what is what, what did I do it for? Just for the art of it? And so may, when you make publishing free and limitless, it means that there's a whole bunch of it, which means there's a lot of noise. And that means those really amazing Diamond in the Rough games are going to be even harder to find. Mm-hmm. Steam. I was about is, to say Steam well, did this. So, yeah. Exactly. Which and is why, you know, <laughs> I, when I talk to, to devs, both indie and, and mid-tier, that even though, you know, at first it seemed like a good idea that mm-hmm. Steam lowered the fees to publish on the platform, now they're saying, I wish Steam would raise the price. They're saying, I don't care that it would cost me more money. It would mean that my game has less games to compete against because there's so many other games that are just being published that are frankly garbage. There's a lot of really That's bad games Steam on Steam. Cut out have have been actively cutting some of the titles. Well, the ones that seem obviously just put on there for no reason, just other to take up space right exactly um, so yeah i've been seeing a lot of that happening for and and they clearly need to go and curate even even further it's 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 frustrating yeah, curation and i think maybe something like uh it's weird to say but like reddit you know how it's like upvote upvote because you mm-hmm. like it mm-hmm. maybe a way of like sifting through the bad stuff well they have a lot of creators that do steam curation uh hand-picked community members um total biscuit for example uh, i think steam's top curator right now he does play an enormous amount of games and so he is definitely a good person to do it but he's just one guy yeah you know even if they have a a bunch of uh, curators which they do right now i think the platform itself has a responsibility to its consumers to make sure that the games that are being published there are you know are deserving that they're not broken certain quality yeah right deserving you know they they deserve to be on that platform and to be played yes which is why you know historically consoles have had a higher barrier of entry because both microsoft and and sony have said well you have to hit a lot more parameters in your certification process in order to be published on our platform which is why their marketplaces aren't as overwhelming as steam is obviously that's growing now as they kind of lower some of those restrictions because they're trying to compete Mm -hmm. uh, in the digital marketplace but I just like the idea that there's no restrictions to publishing, that they're just going to publish anything. It it means that nothing is going to get the recognition it deserves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a a really naive approach. I mean, who's in this music entertainment group anyway? Who are these people? Do they come (laughs) from video games? Do they know what the indie space looks like? This is what I want to know. I want to know, like, who's running it? I mean, because they have a lot of talented folks in the third-party group at PlayStation, Mm -hmm. and I'm not just saying that because my husband works there. (laughs) (laughs) 
But I mean, I, I, I would be curious to know if they're drawing from that talent pool, if they're cross collaborating on strategy for games, if they're referring specific development teams to this specific publishing group or not. Um, I think they 100% should. Like, yeah, I think absolutely. that they have that experience in curating their own indie titles. Why not offer that help? You know? Yeah. So, because now we get to watch these games and see how they and do. see how they do or try them out for ourselves. Yes. Maybe we'll they are see what that. happens when things get untied. Yeah, Ooh, exactly. I wonder if it was like Sony Music Group also had like these connections with developers and they're like, yeah, we'll figure out a way to get these games published somewhere. And then they figured out something with Nintendo and then it happened. I mean, maybe that was some, I don't know. Could have been. You never know. And I want, for the record, ladies and gentlemen who are listening and watching, I'm not like down on this i think it's great that more creators are going to get an opportunity to publish their games i just different i just want to make sure it's done thoughtfully because we as consumers are so overwhelmed with choice right now that the idea of another publishing branch saying we're just going to like throw indie games at you is is really daunting and i just hope it's done you know with care well yeah Mm -hmm. um another point i want to add which is a little different is that i think sony music group did a good thing in that they launched this you know they announced this and so now these games are getting the attention that they deserve because it's like completely different and now we want to check out these games to see if they're good so there was that you know not like but, they just blindly threw him on there and like go yeah. make money they still approached it in a way that was like got our attention mm-hmm. true very true there is that did you were you i was looking in? for i was looking for a title oh the game titles yeah sorry um so the games are um tiny meta last standard Merkava avalanche and demo reborn so Very tiny metal is too. coming out first on november 21st on ps4 switch and pc and the release dates for the 3d action title last standard um is tba the mech battle game Merkava avalanche is coming to pc and tba and <laughs> rhythm title demo reborn is coming to ps4 and the other titles are still up in the air well we'll find out soon whether or not this is worth it all right Indeed. Indeed we will. Ladies, is there any other news that you would like to discuss? Naomi, did we miss anything? Any big story? Any big stories? Um, I think that's good. I think those are three really good, very interesting stories. We got our seal of approval. Yes. We've yes. done yes. it. marked. Can, can we get like a stamp? Oh, yeah. <gasps> like a daily fix stamp? Yeah. We <laughs> put it on the video and be like, daily, daily fix approved. <laughs> you got your news for the day? All good. I don't know <laughs> if IGN set. would actually let us do that, but we can, Probably not. We can dream. Yeah. Please, friend. <laughs> please. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a short break. So please stay with us when we come back after the break. We're going to talk about what we've been playing. Naomi's going to talk about what she's been playing. I hear it's a game that's on Switch. Uh-huh. So stick with us. <laughs> we'll be right back. This episode of the What's Good Games podcast is brought to you by TakeThis.org. Most of us spend a lot of time thinking about our bodies. Gain a little weight, lost a little weight, back hurts from sitting at a desk too much, stomach hurts from too much avocado. But how much time do you spend thinking about your brain? There are a lot of simple things that you can do every day to keep your brain in shape. Take breaks from work, get enough sleep, drink more water, put down those screens. Well, you know, as much as you can. Now, it sounds simple, but taking care of your body's needs can actually help your brain, too, because it's all connected. And sometimes your brain needs more help, and that's okay, too. This is just one of the things that we learned from our friends over at TakeThis.org. 
Take This has been working to bring the mental health care community and the video game community together since 2012. If you or someone you love is feeling not okay and could use a little advice, visit them at takethis.org. And if you have the resources to donate or volunteer, takethis.org is where you can do that too. It's okay to not be okay. Take this. Welcome back, everybody. We are into our second segment of the What's Good Games podcast with special guest Naomi Kyle. Naomi, you've been playing some... I don't want to say old games, but games that released <laughs> oh, uh, not in the last <laughs> month or so. No, they're definitely not. They were they were released uh, quite a while ago. Yeah, um, yeah. No, I I finished Ori in the Blind Forest, which I had started and freaking loved, and then yes. I just stopped playing. So finally finished that. Loved it. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's gone to the Rapture. Also started. Never finished. Finally finished that. Um, great experience and like very emotionally and sometimes hard and heavy to like play through um but now i'm just playing stardew valley yeah you are you need a little relaxation i would think after ori in the blind forest because i loved that game too but there's i actually did throw my controller but i threw it i threw it onto (laughs) the bed so that i wouldn't destroy anything yeah uh i got to the point where i was just like i'm just gonna use walkthroughs because i don't you know i just want to finish the game and uh it's such a nice game too it's so Mm -hmm. like it's calming at first and you're like i'm gonna love this and then it just gets really hard (laughs) super intense i remember when i was playing that game the tree uh level where you have to escape the water Uh up inside the trunk of the tree i thought i was going to break my controller in (laughs) half it's hard yes yeah that's that's where that's where i threw it onto the bed that was that moment (laughs) same moment (laughs) broke the controller uh yeah so uh but now yes stardew valley is just nice it's very calming um are you gonna romance who's you're gonna be your husband i don't know yeah i so i i restarted i started a whole new game because it's on the switch now so i bought it on the switch 14 bucks it's like so cheap (gasps) i know totally worth it um and you get so much game out of it um so i uh don't know who i'm gonna romance this time around i forget who i romanced last time um because i don't think it ever culminated like i never oh you never ended up happening but like i pursued him i think he would like go to the spa all the time i think that was his thing maybe oh metrosexual type (laughs) um i'd have to look up to see who it was because it's i played it on my pc but what color hair they had uh no i i don't remember I remember nothing about this a while man, ago except he went to the spa he went to the spa <laughs> and i was trying to stalk him in the bathhouse <laughs> oh, i love it okay yeah. so Something. really enjoying stardew though going back to the world and like remembering why i like that game so much and i never finished it and i know that there's such a hardcore like fan base mm-hmm. that you know if i don't finish this thing it's gonna like now, be the death of me is there any way to actually finish i mean you can finish the community stuff yeah. yeah. Um, and then that's kind of like the end of the quote unquote story. I think yeah. it's yeah. like, Har- have you ever played Harvest Moon or Story of Seasons or anything? No, I haven't. It's so those. funny to me, Natsume. Um, <laughs> because Harvest Moon and Story of Seasons has been around since like the mid 90s. And it's basically the exact same thing. But Stardew Valley touches upon some more adult themes that mm-hmm. you see within the game. Um, like lazy husbands and wives. <laughs> That and alcohol abuse, but you know. Oh, that's uh, true. I forgot about that or guy. That, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you were going down a serious road, and I was just making fun of uh, things. Well, you know, as usual. Um, and those games are very. I mean, I think they were great and very popular, but then they kind of dropped the dar. So now that they never had a console game for a really long time, mm-hmm. and now finally it's coming to the Switch. It took them too long because everyone's all about Stardew. 
because it's so accessible and so they're Steam forgetting about these two and great cons- games. Yeah, uh-huh. and on console. And so I should play them. But no, yeah, I mean, no, Stardew beat him to the punch, and it's a fantastic game. I put maybe like eighty five hours into it. But it's always interesting to ask if people had played those games before. Yeah, yeah. Stardew, I always like to say, is Harvest Moon on crack. Oh, now because, I really have to play Harvest because Moon just to see the. Th- we're gonna go down difference. a rabbit hole because I'm, I'm very passionate about this topic. <laughs> well, it's true because because of the whole dungeon mechanic and those sorts of things that just don't exist in Harvest Moon, but they exist in Rune Factory, which is like Harvest Moon and dungeon crawling. So I think Stardew Valley, the one person who created it, found that idea and they, and they just made it combined amazing it. and combined it and made it into like a really great. Ex- and they deserve every ounce of credit that they got because they took something and they he turned it into something wildly yeah. successful. Yeah. Harvest Moon on crack. All right. I think that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Brit is upset about you, this I'm analogy. Not, I'm Do you think it's not accurate? Are you no, mad? No, no, she, upset? no, no. I would say it's more Rune Factory on crack. Okay. Okay. That's all. Okay. It's, all right. That's fair. It's fair. I don't actually know because I've never played Rune Factory, but I trust you. <laughs> trust me, baby girl. Got you. <laughs> um, it was interesting talking about Ori in the Blind Forest because that's a game that got brought up into discussion after Cuphead released because I was talking about other 2D side-scrolling platformers that are brutally hard. And while I thought Ori was brutally hard, it was still approachable even yeah. though it required precision and you had to you know do memorization in certain areas and really kind of um fail to succeed in a lot of ways but for some reason the gameplay in ori felt to me like it wasn't so brutal that it was unapproachable the way that cuphead's felt have you gotten to try cuphead at all oh uh, yeah and i haven't played to the extent that you guys have like i know you guys have finished levels and done the whole thing i played a bit in the let's play and i was like this is impossible i can't yeah. <laughs> I, had a, I played like the first version what was it like in 2015 or it's like they been, had yeah, it's been, been in development for a long yeah, time it was it's so different like from that game that i played and or that version of the mm-hmm. game so like uh i definitely get that it's really hard i'm very afraid to to play it because i watched your guys's podcast on it and i know that game is hard. Um, so I want to maybe explore it. But um, yeah, I agree that Ori eventually became easier as you went along and upgraded and like all that stuff. So it made it less um, t- less of a torture. Like it was right. it was it was rewarding. You know, you would be able to eventually complete the game. And, and I think, you know, I think I did pretty OK on the PC version. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. What about you guys with uh, Cuphead or ori or which ones you know um i am going to go back to cuphead eventually but right now and i know steimer's playing this now too um i am all about middle earth shadow of war so this is a game that i have been looking forward to all year long it's been one of my potential game of the year contenders and now that it's here it's like so addicting and i keep finding myself getting lost in the sandbox and Mm. it's done so far i'm about maybe eight hours in because i haven't had enough time since it launched to play because um we've been working on this top secret project which we are going to announce eventually don't worry (laughs) um and um, so we've been hard at work and then we went to Expo in Tulsa and I didn't bring my console with since it was such a short trip. I brought my Switch with instead um, and played more Zelda. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that again. Um, <laughs> is that not Game of the Year for you? Or is, um, is Shadow Wars? So Zelda is a, definitely a top contender. For me, my number one Game of the Year, which will be a whole other discussion, is um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, yeah. But I really think that Super Mario Odyssey might take it 
um, oh, okay. over Horizon for me once mm-hmm. I actually get my hands on Ooh. it. Ooh. Um, Very soon. From what I've seen He's of the game. get a blue shell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, really. I mean, I don't think the Mario is like a come from behind title. I think it always stood up. But I think it kind of snuck up on us because we it's being yeah. released so late in the year. And um, Nintendo hasn't been doing like a, a huge like marketing push. It has been at several shows. Um, it's been at PAXs and oh, yeah. Comic-Con and a bunch of places. Um, but I think so many people are still talking about the awe and the magic of Zelda that mm-hmm. they're kind of forgetting that you know, Mario came first. Mm. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited. So I'm excited to see, to see that. But so um, I really loved middle earth shadow of Mordor. It um, was my game of the year uh, back then when it first came out. And I was excited to see that they were expanding the nemesis system, that they were adding these orc tribes with their individual identities that they were building in almost kind of like a base building mechanic into it. In addition to, expanding the the meaning of the open world activities because the first one in Steimer, you know you hundred percented it <laughs> and they felt kind of empty didn't they like the, the little random um side activities you were doing in the open world they were very they were they were just there and the, the only reason i hundred percent of that game was because i was looking for more things to do so yeah and yeah. there was like i guess i'll go over here and kill these dudes with a bow like uh, <laughs> yeah yeah the challenges they, they feel more fun this time around there was a lot of those individual challenges that i just skipped in the first one because i was like so hungry for the story mm-hmm. but now i'm just like i i'm getting so lost like going and taking down every outpost and making sure that the challenges are being done and going to collect every single elvish word to unlock the door with the legendary gear behind it and yeah, I'm like I'm really loving it. So I'm still very, very early. Like I'm even earlier than you are. I've I've played maybe three or four hours of it max. Um, and my I guess I'm I'm nervous, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm nervous because I don't want what it's because of what I don't want it to be, and it might not turn out like this. But I have a concern that they just bloated it and didn't edit out maybe parts that they should have like i don't know i think a lot of second games ha- this happens with or they're they're like we made our first game and everybody loved it we gotta make the next one three times bigger and you're like why yeah <laughs> no, that's fair and assassin's creed fell victim to that for sure yeah and yeah. so I, I i'm just hoping it doesn't fall down that hole of like we added so many more things filler mm-hmm. stuff to yeah. do and and uh, and not yeah. necessarily go through and be like well maybe this one part wasn't as fun we should cut it and yeah. i'm just going through the u the ui is a little like bleh, like it all over the place and like there's a lot of menus and stuff which i'm not it's very rpg in that way more than the first one felt more action adventure with like some rpg in this one definitely feels like it's gone far more into the rpg realm and kind of like obviously still very much an action adventure game but um like the skill tree system is deeper this time around and the branches are very interesting um, I like that they don't gate them behind a level that you can choose. Like I've already maxed out my ranged. Oh. Um, I mean, I've gone all the way to the last tree. Obviously, the sub trees are not yeah, are not maxed yeah. out yet. I mean, that would mean I was much farther along in the game. But I like that I can, you know go to all of the major points of each of the trees if i want to that they're not going to restrict 
me going there based off what part of the story that I'm at. There are there is a specialty tree at the bottom that is purely locked story to story content, yeah. but it's just one of like six branches. Yeah, I so what I what I tried to do is I mostly just went through story content so far because I did people on Twitter were like, make sure you do that because like certain things are locked to it, and you know you may you kind of you don't necessarily need them, but you want to, uh, and. I guess I'm like confused. One thing I noticed that I didn't see, maybe you're farther along, you'll know. At some point, do they tell you what level you should be for the story missions or? Um, yes and no. So this was something that I was confused about as well. So I am at Sirith Ungol, which is like the ma- first major tower that you get to. Uh, it's like the second region beyond the initial region when you start the game. And when I first opened up the world, it was like level 150 and I'm level 8. <laughs> and I'm like, well, yeah. this well. seems like an impossible thing for me to get to. But what I realized is as I started taking down um, – the individual um, captains or captains. And then I started taking out the individual outposts, the level of the tower dropped. So now it's at like level 85. Uh, And so clearly what that's trying to signify to you is, Hey, do more of this in order to drop the level of the person inside the main tower. I mean, you can go for it if you want to, but if you want to have a realistic shot of beating it, you need to go do all the side stuff first, including, you know, hopefully using the nemesis system to find out details on the war chiefs who then connect to like the base overlord guy Hmm. um, who is obviously really high level. So I'm about level eight, I think right now. And then like the war chief who is, the second tier below the top guy is like level 20. Hmm. So I clearly still have some grinding and some story content and stuff to do before I can take him on. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. cool. (laughs) Yeah. The whole thing for, for me with this game, I think kind of would open up a larger discussion that, uh, and something that I struggled with when I was at IGN. Mm -hmm. And that is like feeling the pressure to like move on to the next thing faster than you're necessarily like ready to especially like you know you do a podcast and you don't want to be talking about the same thing all the time uh and so i was i, I think that's kind of why i went into shadow of war i looked i have like the two regions unlocked and i i noticed like it looks like there's more and i kind of just like oh there's overwhelmed there's like, i just yeah exactly i felt like anxiety like oh my god i have to play this in the next week no way and yes, i thought just... and i just had this moment of like oh my god do i even want to do this which yeah, is not true. how i want to feel about this game because when i played it at demos and i have you know you have a lot more things unlocked yeah. at demos so you feel like way cooler <laughs> than you do at the beginning of the game yeah, at the beginning yeah. of the game i'm like i'm st- I can't even like jump across this thing very easily. <laughs> but I mean, even from level like zero to eight where I'm at now and I've unlocked so many more things, I feel like the combat is so good. Totally. And that was one of the really impressive parts of the first game. It really felt like it had that like Arkham combat yeah. Yeah. going for it, like the flow and being able to combine your wraith abilities with your ranger abilities and, um, like the different elvish abilities that you can unlock. And I, I just really like the combat in this game. It's done so well. When yeah. I played it um, at PAX and like you, you had more things unlocked. I was exactly the same way. I'm like, Oh my God, like yeah, just hack everybody to death. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, and I'm not there yet like with my personal character. He's, he yeah. ju- I just unlocked um, or chose to grab like the perk where you can double jump basically across areas so that it's traversal is a little nicer because i actually think 
and maybe i kind of want to go back and be like i feel like the climbing was better before like i feel like it's the climbing little... is way better now i don't no, know what i you think remember. it's worse now you do i'm it's like trying to now. go like to where i again i think maybe i just need to unlock more wraith ability like i feel like when you're regular old talion like it's not that <laughs> it's not as good about the bright lord yeah and then the bright lord just like is like i'm gonna crank this dial up to 12 like <laughs> everything's way better now and so i think once i start to unlock his abilities the game will feel a lot better but i kind of am a little annoyed that it's gonna take that long i mean yeah. any it's an open world I rpg know. experience that has combat you can't just walk in and like be you a know. badass but yeah. i do everything to do no, yeah. <laughs> well, i think that's and that's the struggle i was talking totally. about was like where you're like because ah, we've got how South am Park, i gonna get through this we've yeah. got assassin's I, creed origins Assass- super mario odyssey I, wolfenstein, wolfenstein. <laughs> oh my god that's coming up too on the 27th uh, it's stressing me out i know and because like my house isn't together my apartment's a total mess Girl, i have we, we gotta record the, the floor record the podcast there next week you got like we are got, approaching like, six thanksgiving days. and christmas <laughs> Wait, what too you? oh i see what you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like wait you're all coming to my house i don't know why i just thought <laughs> steimer's just in panic mode i like, am she ever is. since starting i'm in like, low-key panic just all the time drink and play some games yes. the mess. alcohol will help you through this it'll okay. be the driving force <laughs> just sweep <laughs> all the mess under your bed i have a platform bed there's nothing <laughs> oh my gosh um so um i'll probably have more to report later i did open one loot box because warner brothers provided us with the gold edition of the game they gave us digital codes and so along with that edition comes i think one box and so i opened it and it gave me like three legendary orcs and i don't know what to do with them I'm not quite sure how that whole system works. So I just kind of put them to the side and was like, I'll come deal with this later. I'll be back. Um, Just put some orcs to the side. (laughs) Once I figure out how that all works, I'll report back. But um, Britt, you have been playing The Fractured Behold. I have. I have. Tell us. How good is it? I will. I have a hair in my mouth. Okay. Take it out. Get rid of it. (laughs) So I loved The Stick of Truth. I'm all about the vulgarity. I love that kind of toilet humor. Like, I am all here for it. I love it. And something I loved about The Stick of Truth was that it wasn't afraid to go anywhere, just like the TV series isn't afraid to go anywhere. And so going into The Fractured Butthole, I have to say so far, it feels just very much like The Stick of Truth. The combat Mm -hmm. has been changed a bit, as we know. Um, But I'm maybe four and a half hours into it. And honestly, it just looks and feels like The Stick of Truth, but with superheroes. But that's totally fine with me. You know, it's the same town south park so it's not like the setting is any different than it was but and i haven't discovered any way that they're totally like reimagining the things i'm so early on because i've spent most of my hours just exploring and going into the houses that aren't covered by red legos which is hot lava and everyone knows you can't cover you can't cover you can't go past the hot lava (laughs) so i've just been going inside the homes and like collecting all of like you know, the, the loot and the crafting materials and kind of like laughing about the stuff you'll find in people's drawers, like butt plugs and shit. It's it's great. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I started playing the game on normal difficulty and I found that it definitely required some strategy to it, but it wasn't hard or impossible. But after maybe like three or four hours, I'm like, eh, I was like, I don't really need, I'm not playing this for the combat. You know what I mean? So I turned it down to the easy mode just so I can get through the combat. The combat's fun, and I definitely think it's an improvement over the Stick of Truth. But, I mean, if 
I guess I'm just saying like I don't need to play that game for the combat and I don't it's not like it's like Shadow of War combat or Horizon combat or Zelda combat where it's like rewarding and super fun to like go through and because it's turn based and your moves are pretty stagnant you do have many characters you can circle through but even then it's not like interesting enough for me to want to spend like five to ten minutes per battle when I know like Mr. Slave is just in that house right across the street yeah. from me. And I want to go like see what he has to say. <laughs> yeah, right. So you're, you're the driving force is more like the story. Yeah, like the yeah. Raunchy humor that you're going to encounter. And, yeah. Like, the ex- awkward moments. Exactly. And because I'm really like, ugh. The good moment. I love I've, I've seen some of that gameplay and it's I'm getting, crazy yeah, the places my next, they go. <laughs> my next mission is to find the woman with the dick tattoo on her, which we all know is the strip club scene. The that's strip club. club. Yes, that's exactly times. kind of the one at the scene I was thinking about exactly yeah yeah and so since I've been spending most of my time traveling around and going through the homes of the characters I haven't gotten to any of those like super like vulgar raunchy moments like in the stick of truth where your parents were having sex and you were a gnome and you had to like (laughs) walk past them that was the craziest shit I've ever seen in a video game I remember when that was happening I was like oh my god that's happening (laughs) they did this yeah (laughs) what was the most shocking part to you that that, that they ha- had the two characters are having sex behind you. That was, I was shocking. Just like, and going inside was it Mr. Slave's ass? Was it Mr. Slave? That, that, like yeah. another... that to me was the one scene that put me off that game. Yeah, like oh, really? The, the anal probe scene. I was like, I don't need to waste my time doing that. I'm sure somebody's going to tell me about how clever and witty it is. I'm good. It's but like the, the magic self- school bus when they go through the body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was good. Educational. This is like <laughs> grotesque for the sake of being grotesque. But that's South Park, right? Yeah, um, exactly. They but go South to Park the mixes high and lowbrow humor all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing, like, you know, this is not really bad, but like where this, <laughs> where the game goes, like where what's going to be the thing that's going to top off the parent sex scene or the yeah. anal probe scene? Like, how are they going to break? that mold i've heard We've, i've heard some things yeah about i've heard i've seen the yeah. fractured butthole and how some people thought that they couldn't top the places they went in the stick of truth mm-hmm. but apparently they have yeah. but uh, conversely i've heard from other people that they thought it was m- more tame and i was like i don't know if tame is the word you would ever use right. to describe anything south park That's does true. yeah yeah um, but um it's clear to me from the time i've spent playing the game and of that it's been pretty minor especially compared to you know the other ladies at the table but um you know it's it's a game that if you are like me and you occasionally indulge in south park episodes of the cartoon but you weren't really into stick of truth you're probably not going to be into the fracture but hole is that a fair assessment yeah absolutely 100 percent. yeah i don't know why you would all of a sudden change your mind yeah i know i mean the most grotesque thing that's happened so far is i fought a couple priests in a back room and they pulled uh holy anal beads out of their ass and beat me with them gross <laughs> so, oh, I mean, I they beat you with things covered in feces but it's the game's a called cartoon. butthole so yeah. that's true it's like there's just, there can't there has to be butthole humor in there, there <laughs> like has to be you can't butts. not have that um something that the game is doing that i don't know if the stick of truth did this for me because it was so long ago is it's actually giving me like a sense of childhood nostalgia like oh yeah i started south park fan uh, yeah well yeah i started watching south park in elementary school thanks mom and dad whoa what my parents would never no no my parents are cool they're chill it explains a lot though um i want to meet your parents (laughs) but it's not just the fact that i watched it it's that there's just all these kids and there's snow on the ground reminds me of being winter break oh yeah like superhero or playing like whatever it was you're playing also the yeah the context of the story helps like bring you back to your childhood days living with your parents yeah Yeah. and it's really cute and clever the way that um the the kids have like their little fort set up with cardboard and like markers on them and they make that's what makes the truth so good yeah so it's it's fun because i feel like yeah like i'm 
playing pretend with my friends and then things get weird. And it's like, okay, we wouldn't have done that. We wouldn't have gotten beat by Catholic <laughs> priests. But I hope well, not. I hope not. <laughs> Especially not with their anal beads. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> Terrible. <gasps> so good. Um, uh, Naomi, um, you um, have been playing Stardew Valley and we talked about Ori. The ones I, so I, I have like a good list of this games this year, which I'm really proud yes. of myself for. But yeah, I went back to some games where I never finished them, but always wanted to. And then so, cleaning out that backlog. Yeah. yeah so what made you want to go back to everybody's gone to the rapture? Um, so I had played a little bit of it cause I presented the award at the BAFTA awards in London, uh, for the music. So the game won for music and, um, I played a little bit and I never finished it. So I just was, I ha- it was on my PC. It was like on my desktop and I was cleaning out my computer. Mm-hmm. So I was like organizing all my games. And I'm like, I should go back to that and then went back to it. So what, what did you think about the way that they kind of wrapped up the game? I mean, I, uh, so for people who don't know, this is all walking simulator, uh, yeah. the Chinese room. Is that who developed this game? Um, yes, yeah. And um, it's a it's a very beautiful game, but it does kind of go to a dark place because you yeah. obviously you know come to this town and everybody's gone, and you're kind of trying to piece together the story. It's almost in like what happened in What Remains of Edith Finch, even though everybody's gone to the Rapture came out before um, Edith Finch did, and um, I never ended up finishing that game either, and I don't know why. So. So what happens? I mean, without oh. spoiling <laughs> without, it, if you can. Oh, without spoiling, that's gonna be. Um, you're like, um, you just asked me just asked question. question. You just asked me what happens, and then told me not told to me tell not you. Told me not to spoil it. Um, I well for Simon, how am I gonna do this? I love you so uh, much. Yeah. Here, <laughs> I think I think um, you're unlocking the story. Uh, it it the title kind of says it all, but um, I think that. Man, I don't know how to do this. Did they go to the rapture? Is that where everybody went? (laughs) Yeah, and it kind of. So yes, everybody has. Yes, okay. Let's just say it's in the title. So yeah, it's already spoiled for you. Does anything happen mechanically that's intriguing or different? Mechanically, no, it does not change. It's it's very much unlocking stories as you go. Um, So there's nothing mechanically that changes, but you uncover things, and it's like wow moments, and you're like, oh, like you know, somehow you find out like this was her experience. So you kind of each character has uh their own rapture story that you are unlocking and um you're that main character uh what's her name i forget her name uh oh man i forget but they're they're basically you're uncovering too like kind of what they went through as the rapture was happening because it's not like an instant thing where everyone just disappeared like people got sick and they were having nosebleeds and they were like you know disappearing like not necessarily just dead corpses everywhere but they disappeared and we don't know what happened to them it's not a horror game is it it no it's just a it's an experiential game is Mm, that a term mm. um and what happens is you kind of it's like a lesson it's a little bit of it has a little like you know everyone has their own experience and life is you know Mm. uh it's just got it's just, just like, like a whim it's a whimsical it's like what you inter you, whatever you play you interpret it yourself and you mm-hmm. kind of come up with your own ideas of what it is it doesn't really have a solid like resolution okay but it does leave you with a sense of like uh you've just gone through something really heavy and hard because you're very deeply brought into these stories and people like die like i even cried i'm like Aww. yeah so kate and steven are the names yes that's right so kate i think is the last person that you get to find out what happened to her at the end of the rapture um there's a sense you know like light beams and things like that kind of 
show you like when these people disappear there's a light beam and uh, there's like a plane you hear like a really loud noise over and i don't know if it's the plane is actually real or if it's just like uh, the idea or how Mm, they imagined mm, it um mm. but yeah they disappear into the rapture and then that's it that's the end of the game goodbye i pretty much spoiled everything for it for you guys so i I think you're fine (laughs) i'm sure that the point of the game is to experience those stories it's very much experience like there's no way to describe it where you'll really get the feeling of what i'm that makes know, sense. Did what you I went through. Play Edith it. Finch? No, I didn't. Okay. That's why mind. you brought that up, and I was like, oh, now I maybe want to check that out. You, you definitely sure? enjoyed everybody's check it out. One of my favorite games of the year, for really? sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's it's like a, one of those short, like, kind of. It's short. Yeah. Yeah, you should be able to complete it in about three hours, I would guess. Aren't they great? They're so good. It's just like, oh my God, I completed this in an afternoon? Yeah. What is this? Between Bite Times Games and, like, the Switch. I have, like, everything I need for the rest of my life, I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love console games, and I play PC games all the time, but I just feel like... Sometimes you need a snack. Sometimes you just a little... Speaking of bite-sized games, that was a great transition. Britt and I played a game called Another Lost Phone, Laura's Story. Yes, please tell me what So, this, <laughs> this game um, came out on iOS, Android, and Steam, and I chose to play it on my iPhone. Britt, how did you play it? iPhone. So, what's great about this game is that... So, it's a... It's another installment. So another Lost Phone was the first game, which Britt, you played. I did. So I didn't play the first one. I only played Laura's story. Mm. So can you tell, before we talk about Laura's story, talk about like what another Lost Phone is. Another Lost Phone. Now this is the sequel, right? No, the first game. The first one's called Another Lost Phone, right? Um, So essentially what happens is that you pick up how it's supposed to play out is you come across a phone and you have to discover what happened to the owner of this phone, why, where they went, what the hell happened. And what's great about the first one and the second one is they touch upon, like I was saying with Stardew Valley, but to a much larger extent, a very like real adult mature issues. And how the game works is you open it and you have access, let's say, to all the text messages. And then you go through oh, and you yeah. read. Detective. Yeah. And so it detective. looks cool. Exactly. Right. You're playing the detective and you go through the text messages and through that you might notice some keywords or some numbers. And then mm. maybe that will unlock the Wi-Fi. Now you can access your email. And then from that you can access. Like, so you're a just secret- hacking this person's phone. Yeah. Yes. Essentially. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah and at the end of it, um, you know, in the first one, I won't give away what the story was. It's like, hey, like this thing happened. If you find this phone, this is what I want you to do with it. Oh, dang. Yeah. Wait. So in what? Laura's story and what's interesting about playing it from your phone is like it, it kind of makes you feel like you're checking email yeah. and checking text on your phone. So it's clear that you have Laura's phone and you get access to Laura's e- emails. And so when you're reading the emails, you, there'll be maybe like photos in the email. And then um, there are puzzles inside the game where in order to unlock her like LinkedIn knockoff messaging system, you need to recognize three people and say, because you know how sometimes on Facebook as like security question, mm-hmm. they'll be like recognize these people in these photos. Mm-hmm. So you have to use your deductive skills to go back into the text messages or the emails oh. and try to figure out the names of the people in the photos. Um, it was like, it's been a this while since a game really wanted me to uh, like write down something yeah. uh, for the puzzles, Wait. which I thought was really great. Exactly. Um, And the puzzles were just hard enough to really make you think and to really make you go back and have to really kind of connect the dots on your own without being 
um, without you feeling super stumped. And the, the puzzles ramped as well. So, like, they started out, like, pretty simple. Like, they knocked you over the head with a couple of ones. They're like, okay, this number's clearly, like, the pin right. for something. And then as you got farther into it, you kind of started to question things. Mm-hmm. Um, you you meet Laura's boyfriend, Ben, um, in the text messages. Like, you see their relationship. You see this cute exchange when they had their first date and mm-hmm. how they eventually moved in together and then things take a turn and i don't want to um spoil what happens in right. the turn but I'll, I'll only say that ben becomes a man that i did not see coming um yeah and it makes I you just question things ben related on here yes, there you know. so the ladies have i, I booted up a phone on the on my phone booted up the game on my phone and so they're like snooping through like her calendar and stuff like that but like you were saying, Andrea, to speak on the puzzles, they start out like, you know, you see like a code, like a number and you're like, OK, this has to be for something. But then later, one of the codes you need is like the year of her first boyfriend's the year that her first boyfriend was born and the office number of her old boss and something else. In order to get all the information, you have to look through every you you have to read every piece of mail in this woman. Did you guys phone. take notes? Like, yes. So I, I was just talking like, about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you need to like write things down to. This just is super sure. creepy. It's very creepy. I haven't gone to the photos part. I'm, that's some pl- part I'm <laughs> so like curious if about. If I disappear, I hope nobody does on my phone. <laughs> but if you actually disappear, don't you hope somebody's trying to, to find, out, what find you? out your story? No. Just let me go. Oh, yeah. Timer. Let me go into the dark night. No. no what if you're in danger? What if you need help? And that was what was interesting is because when we, you start this game, you don't know what's happened to Laura. Yeah. Because you get this, um, you know, rather urgent message from somebody in her in her contacts and it makes you think, well, is she missing? Did something happen to her? Mm-hmm. Is it somebody like like kidnap her? Is she just like going rogue like that one streamer who went missing and went, just went on a on a bender in Vegas and like got everybody in a tizzle. Do you guys remember yeah, that? Yeah. Like you don't know what's going on with her. And the game did a really excellent job narratively of making you work to find out what happened and really kind of keeping you on your toes from the standpoint that like you think, you know, but then you don't know. And then this thing happens over here that you didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. And then new characters get introduced like midway. Um, and it's, it was really excellently done. It was. It was. I didn't hear about the first game at all. And when you know they reached out and offered us a code to play the game, I was like, I'll, I'll fully admit that I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this game. And I sat down to play it. I played it on my trip um, uh, to New York when I mm-hmm. went for the Nintendo World Championships, and I was like, wow, yeah, this is really excellent. Mm-hmm. It's really great. And if you like this one, you will love the first one. And I will say that nothing has really changed between the two games, but I think. These games tell really, really important stories. Um, I can't say it without spoiling it. And but it seems like right. they have interesting puzzles. Very, kind of. Yeah, like it's interesting puzzles, but the overall... Unexpected. Like, I've never yeah. seen a game mechanic like this before. It's a game mechanic that tells a story. Yeah. It's like you're reading a book, but it's a game. Exactly. It's very strange. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I hope they continue putting out these... Because they only take, you know, an hour or two hours, depending on like how oh, much yeah. you want to read, how in-depth you really want to go down that rabbit hole, but... By the end of it, you, I felt like, wow, like that was really powerful and really moving. And they do a really great job at sneaking in uh, advice for people going through similar situations as to what these characters are going through. Oh, oh. wow. That's also good. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
Yeah, it's it's really great. So it's a real life. You know, oh, it's you very real life, and these are these are it, yeah. very bring, similar to can, how Life is Strange addressed some very heavy topics and encouraged discussion about the topics. Um, this game does something similar about tackling some you know pretty heavy social issues mm. and saying you know like let's take a look at what these mean and how you mm-hmm. could address them. And, oh wow! And they do at the end of the game, of course, say like if you have experienced anything that's happened to these characters in the game, you know here's you know some support and of course obviously we're a big proponent of take this um but uh, if you ever need to talk to anybody about anything doesn't matter what uh take this.org but um yeah i was um i was I thought it was really excellently done. So if you guys have heard of this game and you are maybe hesitating on playing it, I would recommend playing it on your phone because it is yes. such a portable experience, but it is also available on Steam if you prefer to play at your PC. Mm-hmm. But Bring it kind of takes pad. that phone experience away when you're yeah. clicking with yeah, your mouse. Yeah, this seems like something you'd, I would want to play on my yeah. phone. It's just so intuitive. You're just like, yeah. oh yeah, I know how this I works. I did multiple times I click my home button I accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> and it like dropped me out of the game and I was like, of whoops. Of course, yep. yeah. <laughs> I could see You that. said at the end that there's something that it it tells you what to do with the phone can you go into that without spoiling anything because i'm very like intrigued to what that is so there is a reason the phone has been left it may be because someone is lost it may be because someone doesn't want to be found okay it may be because something nefarious has happened to someone you don't mm-hmm. know you're just you gonna just have to know. play the game to find out yeah you you start it up and it's like you have found a phone i'll find out the truth or something like that yeah, yeah. this does sound interesting <laughs> to me because i um, on the shorter flights, like to and from uh, LA here, I don't like. Part of me is like, it's not worth it to bust out the switch because, like, by the time I oh, get it's everything, always worth it to bust out the switch. But always, especially this is, for like, something Valley. to like have <laughs> yeah. for like a shorter thing, or when I'm stupid and forget the switch. Like, oh, I've <laughs> done that before. Uh, yeah, yeah. what's great about this worst. game is that you don't need to be connected no. to the internet to play. Like, so many mobile games require you to be uh, either connected to a Wi-Fi a or your of, yeah, cell that's network. So disappointing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that Fallout Shelter never went that route. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? yeah. Exactly. Just whenever. Just bring a notepad and a pen, a napkin, just something to take. I'm gonna some bring. Notes. I'm gonna like get my library glasses on oh, and like geez. bust out like. My detective pad. And hat. And Do you have a detective hat? I need you a can't pipe. Be Will you bring a like a comically a oversized magnifying glass? Yes. Double magnification. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, this has been a great convo, um, but we are running extremely behind. So we're going to wrap up the hands-on segment of the show. And we when we come back from the break, uh, we will talk to Naomi about what she's up Stuff. to. What are you doing? So stick with us. Uh, We'll be right back. everybody this is the final segment of the what's good games podcast and we have a lovely special guest naomi kyle thank you so much for coming down and joining us here in the studio um so we've known each other for quite a while in video games and you've been uh, working for ign's daily fix for for quite a while i mean has anything changed for you over the years i mean you're doing you're much more involved in the production than you were when you first started yeah so executive producer 
Look at you. I love that title, lady executive producer. Um, Yeah, a lot has changed for me. I'm a lot more involved uh, with, you know, sponsorships and everything that we do for the show, Um, trying to grow out the show and do different segments, things like that. Um, But I think the thing that's changed the most is um, just like really knowing that show and like being able to do it even on days where I'm like, I probably would not be doing this if I had a choice. (laughs) Can you Um, run us through a typical day? A typical day is I walk in the office, obviously, because (laughs) that's my place of work. Um, But I walk in the office, I go to my desk, I uh, read up on news stories. We're talking on Slack with like my other producer, Dan, uh, John Borba as well, who helps uh, with shooting and editing, and Evan Campbell, who is awesome and who writes the show remotely. Uh, so he starts up with stories. We're telling him like which stories we think we should go with. And then um, he starts writing. I start editing my little things and quirks. And uh, some of it's improv, like on the spot, but some of it I do right ahead of time. And uh, we come up with stuff. If there's like a sponsorship that week, we write out the lingo for that. Um, so that all happens in the morning by 10, 30, 11, I'm in the studio and we start shooting the setups. I even like know how to set up the fix now. Like yeah. that's how much I know this show. So like I could set up the studio if I wanted to. Um, oftentimes I help with like turning on the TV screens and things like that. But, um, the rest is like, I'll just leave it to Dan or, or John, uh, whoever's like the main person that day. And, uh, Shoot the show. It doesn't take that long. Uh, then we always do this thing called um, stills, which is basically me just posing in front of a camera. Awkwardly. Oh, yes, I did that <laughs> like quite this. a few times. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know all about um, that. <laughs> so after after we've made a show, like, let's make a show. That's kind of the thing we say. Um, at the end, they're like stills, and I'm, they have the God voice. So, like, there's this control room, and then I'm in this main studio. So I'm all by myself in this dark room doing the show. Um so I hear Dan like on the speakerphone. Okay, time for stills. So then we do the stills. Um, then I go in. I choose whatever stills I think work, and uh, we start brainstorming headlines. Um, I help with the uh, like the reviewing of the final edit and stuff like that. And then um, we do. Oh yeah, I do all the lower thirds. So all the lower thirds. That's my language and my headlines. And I do the um, short link or whatever go.ign link. And there's another thing I do. Oh, yeah, the shell. So so I help uh, on the back end. Like, I do the CMS and help. Uh, so, so for people who aren't that. familiar with digital video, a lower third is the graphic that is on the bottom or the lower third of the screen that yeah. displays usually name and title or the name yeah. of the studio. And CMS is a content management system. Which oh, yeah, is, I'm using all these terms. No, it's okay. You guys it's okay. Like, that, um, <laughs> that's basically like the back end framework of the website of IGN.com where you yeah. would input like the data, like where you would upload the video all the and tags all that stuff. Too, like, I go deep into the tags. I know all the tags. So many tags. So many tags. <laughs> hey, writing uh, tags is almost an art form. Like we talked about how important SEO is for the you success of the show. You have to think of, of every show. possible thing people could search your show for. So um, I do that and then use uh, you write up the description as well. And um, I think that's about it. It's crazy. It's like, so for those of you who don't know, Naomi and I used to work together. Yes. And like we were I was there. Too and yeah, all that stuff. We did IGN Girl Fight once upon a time. Once upon a time. Uh oh, and yeah, I, used I was to there when you that. first started, yeah. How what sorry not to go down this hole, but how long ago was that? That was two thousand eleven I started. So two thousand eleven and then how long were you there after? Wow. When did you leave? I don't even remember what remember. year you were. <laughs> all getting old. <laughs> no, we're I young would, and beautiful. I, don't I would have to check my yeah. resume. My I started resume when I was five years old. 
Totally, yes. duh. Totally. Show, duh. We were, we were. It's like Muppet Babies, but IGN Babies. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a ditty now. We just made that up. Cyrus, oh, so the queen funny. of ditty. She sings everything. I love that it. That's true. I love it. Um. So yeah, that's the gist of it. Uh, there's a million other things too. Like I always get pulled into projects and live streams and like do VO for sponsorship stuff. Yeah, one of the new projects that has been being pushed not only on IGN.com but you guys are also doing DXP on Disney's XD channel. Yeah, we like did you're that on broadcast TV. I you're was on, on broadcast television <laughs> for my first time ever in my life. Uh, <laughs> it was so good. Like I really had a good uh, summer doing that project because uh, it was 30 episodes, 30 minutes each. Wow, that's a lot of content. Lots of shooting. So we did all summer long, just worked on that. I bought a bunch of tops and clothes and stuff for that show. It was really good. (laughs) You're like, my wardrobe is now (laughs) too big. Oh yeah. Remember when I told you that I like brought it down to this like manageable amount? Not anymore. It's <laughs> totally it, gone it bloated back, back to the bloated. That's, like, that, that's my problem, too. And the girls make fun of me because I have dedicated what is supposed to be a small bedroom. I've made it into a, a walk-in closet. I'm not oh. judging you. Um, <laughs> well, I would do that 100%. Yeah. 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 So I mean, when we first moved in here, um, John was like, oh, like there's a nice walk-in closet in the, in, the, in the master bedroom. And I was like, no, this room is going to be my entire closet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. Um, yeah, like- welcome to being an on-camera person. <laughs> so... Um, um, you have like a million t-shirts like that's the thing for me is it's true so many t-shirts just being well when you're on camera like, five days a week because i used to do five day a week news for a very long time oh, so you know. like it's it's like one of those things that you just like you have to rotate stuff because when you see yourself in the thumbnail in the same outfit like it's not good people notice <laughs> yeah <they do. laughs> um but you've gotten to do so many cool um conventions and gotten to travel mm-hmm. with ign is there any of those projects or any of those shows that have particularly stood out for you um yeah i mean i think the bafta awards i mean that was just an event i actually didn't do content for that i did uh, the twitch stream on the red carpet and then i went and presented the award which was like it's like my oscars moment i felt like you know it's like i got to be a presenter there and um and to be in london for the first time that was my first time ever in europe actually um so that was something amazing i got to be a part of um trying to think there's some like movie projects too that were pretty cool like i got to work opposite some pretty you know some some well-known actors and things like that were you working with i want to see terry cruz on the yeah oh yeah yeah that's probably the most recent one i'm excited about because uh so good game is like this really awesome it's made by michelle morrow uh, she and Jesse Cox, Jesse and Cox, Dan Harmon. Dan Harmon was in it. I actually was in a trailer with him, and he was playing Minecraft. It was amazing. <laughs> and I outed him as he was playing Minecraft. He's like, "I'm supposed to be doing work. Don't say anything." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "But you're playing Minecraft. Is that so cool?" Um, so uh, yeah. So and then I got to work opposite Terry Crews, which like we had uh, call time for like two o'clock, and it only ended up shooting at like eight. So I got like five hours chatting with Terry Crews and it was great. We talked about his kids and we just like nerded out about (laughs) games because he's like all into that now. Um, And he was just telling me about his family and like his amazing experiences like in this career that he has and um, it was just really cool and he was just so like just down to earth and he seems like the guy you definitely want to be friends with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He made me laugh and I was happy to like make him laugh sometimes too. Yeah girl. Felt good. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And it was a cool scene. It turned out to be really nice. 
Um, yeah. In addition to IGN, you also have a Twitch channel that I you do. regularly do creations on that Steimer made a guest appearance on. You we did. made poutine. We made poutine. And, and I was starving and I was like, Naomi, feed me. Oh we my God. I'm so glad that we got to do that. <laughs> that was, And I got to feed you some poutine. You did. It was really good. It was good. So, um, I mean, explain the poutine thing yes. because a lot of yeah. people know, uh, or maybe they don't know that you're from Canada. Yeah. And specifically Quebec, which like isn't, that's where poutine like was born. So, yeah, because poutine gets born. The sweet little um, baby of poutine. The po- baby poutine. Um, so, yeah, I uh, grew up in Quebec, and poutine's, like, just the big thing. Everyone talks about. Like, even the Backstreet Boys, I remember, it was, like, all in the <sighs> headlines in the newspaper that, that, you know, Nick Carter had said, I love poutine. And, like, when he visited Montreal. Like, Amazing! Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was so happy. Um, but What's yeah. the perfect poutine? Uh, poutine. really, like it's the it's the trashiest poutine you'll ever eat, and it's the best. No, just, um, yeah, basically, it's just it. like really oily uh potatoes, Ooh. um, with still potato in them. Like I find a thing here in the states is you know you'll get a potato at McDonald's and it's like there's a little bit of potato in there, but most of it's just shell. Like it's mm. all crispy mm. fried right. potato. Um, so like thick cut fries. Um, you want to get like some homemade gravy. Usually it's like made from scratch and uh, cheese curds. That's like the hardest. <gasps> thing to find here I love me some cheese curds. cheese curds like and the squeaky kind and i don't know we didn't have that for we ours. didn't we made do with what we could find because yeah <laughs> yeah not you kind of gotta go cheese. to like well, the upper uh, the upper midwest like wisconsin north. minnesota yeah. yeah 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 north and um you have to get it within 24 hours or fresh or it, it stops squeaking it's squeakiness. <laughs> yeah no that's true that's literally what happens um so that's the perfect poutine that sounds it's funny. Yeah. Now I want poutine. I know. I'm, <laughs> I know. I'm like, and can it's we go chili get cheese something? fries? But like, on I know where we can get some after this if we want to go. <gasps> yes. Um, which place are you thinking about? So there is a, there's a there's a a, a tavern. Uh, I know. I know. Which one so you're it's not even about. like smokes okay. poutine because like smokes poutine is the closest you'll get to like authentic poutine. Well, that here was, in the states. That might mean we have to drive much farther. No, I know. So this place is a tavern. <laughs> you said yeah. it, it's like a it's like an upscale like gastropub type tavern. That sounds good. like a poutine place to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's cool. Yes. Yeah, it's like a local hang. <laughs> Um, so your channel, what, yes, you, what can yeah. people watch on your channel? So cooking, we did yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. so we definitely do cooking streams. I've been doing a lot of breakfast streams cause Kyle and I do breakfast on Saturday. Also say, oh, the, na- say the link. Cause I don't think we've said what it is. Oh yeah. So <laughs> twitch.tv slash Naomi Kyle is just my name. Um, but yeah, actually Kyle's a huge part of it. He was working for Twitch and now he works at Blizzard. Um, mm-hmm. but he helped me with the setup and he's like such a big part of that show and he likes doing it and he loves interacting with the community and like moderating too because there's some baddies on there um but uh yeah i do a lot of cooking mostly art mostly i do a lot of doodles a lot of artwork with oil paints because i like working with oil paints and um sometimes i'll do an occasional dj stream which i don't do djing professionally by any means <laughs> but i use an app called dj dg uh, j e a y wow i mess up totally um so i use that and i'll i'll just i just like putting together like playlists and stuff are you gonna paint a pumpkin i want to do that steimer's pumpkin actually turned yes. out really good let me grab it yeah 100 percent. i mean don't let my monstrosity these are the cutest. They are adorable. I was wearing those. That that. So it was the last stream that you guys had these on, right? Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. So this was um. We created these in a Patreon exclusive video. Wow. Um. So that's the cat is Steimer's. I just made Amazing a derpy controller. Cat. 
Yeah, the cat is really good. Skills. Yeah, I can only draw cats. That's better and you than are I can do. out, girl. And that's Alexa's anime pumpkin has a tramp stamp on the back. What? These are so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Never I, I wish up. you guys could see the detail of this up close. It's amazing. Oh, well, wow. if you're a, if you're a, a patron at the one dollar oh, no, level or above. Yeah, sorry. We can re-glue that back on. That's my bad. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These are just so good. Thanks. Oh, my God. We did our best. Can I get a compliment on my pumpkin, Naomi? Oh, my God. (laughs) No, but it's true. I... I know I feel terrible because I didn't say anything, but you weren't here and I was complimenting the eyes on this pumpkin are freaking the best. And I just love that the word butts behind it because I like I like to use that all the time because I can't say the can we say ass? On? Yes, you yeah. can say whatever oh, you want on the show. Um, but I always say kick butt instead of kick ass on my show because I can't swear. But oh, so I like I like the word butt. Okay, but can you compliment something I actually drew? Brit is feeling very insecure. I do love the uh, the mouth because and it looks like he's like smoking a nailed up cigar. Totally, or like, yeah. Bought bo- yeah. barbed wire cigar. Thank you. No, Ooh, it is barbed really wire cool. cigar. That, that sounds you know what? badass. People say it's like, what did I actually draw? But it's actually the composition of the whole thing. I love you so I much. You're a no, sweetheart. It's true. <laughs> That's so important, though. Like composition is almost like 100 percent of art. It's like the key thing. You guys have nailed it. So all. when did you yeah, when did true. you start um, uh, painting and, and drawing? Is it something you've been doing kind of your whole life? And yeah. You just decided to to start a channel and yeah. and show the world your your artistic gift. Yes. Uh, well, I couldn't do games, so that was the main thing. I was like, what else can I do? Um, and I was hearing Kyle obviously has the inside, but there was always uh, like Twitch. Um, What's it called now? I'm blanking on it. Creative. 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 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> yeah. So Twitch Creative and and I was like, people do art on there. And I'm like, oh, like I've done art all my life. Like my grandma taught me using Bob Ross videos <gasps> how to uh, use oil paint and how to paint, uh, you know, pretty relatively skillfully like through mm-hmm. that so i've been painting all my life my gr- i actually come from an artistic family which i didn't realize until like now like <laughs> till you know much later in my life uh but yeah my grandfather taught me how to paint and then like all these little things started like Aww. yeah come to mind after i started doing this um but and i always drew and like i always succeeded in my art classes in school and it was just a thing that was really highly encouraged and my family to for me to continue to do so i always have dabbled in it i've always done it as a hobby like i used to work at a music store and i would just doodle on pads of paper and people would be like oh my god (laughs) and so it's just like always been something i did so now it's it's nice to explore that again and like re kind of kindle that fire kindle that fire totally and uh and to get more creative with things i love it i love it so much that's awesome. Yeah. Would you, if you weren't working in video games, do you think you would be working in art or is it just a hobby? Um, it's more of a hobby. But but Kyle has often pushed me and he's like, you can make money doing art. Like, mm-hmm. you can make money doing this. Um, so I'm not saying I, w- I would probably not try just for fear of failing because I think that it's really hard to become an artist, especially in this world with so much noise. Like, everyone has their own art website or their you know, their own thing. So it would be about finding something really specific that hopefully I can make money off of. But it'd be hard, I think, to pursue a career in art. So I would probably pursue like zoology or something. 
zoology. That's yeah, awesome. I love animals. I would want to go and like study animals and like just hang out with animals or go to NASA and go just to space. go paint animals and then you can combine those two things. Yeah, paint animals in idea. space. Oh yes, animals in space. There's oh my, my thing. That's how I'm gonna make my billion dollars, guys. <laughs> pandas. <laughs> oh, pandas, pandas in, in space. space. Oh my god, make them red pandas. You've got me totally <laughs> oh, on board for this project. Pandas. Yeah. They are the cutest pandas. Um, I mean, all pandas are pretty I mean, cute. Yeah. They're not yeah. technically that related to other pandas, but that's a different story. They used to be called Firefoxes. Fun fact. And then the Ooh. web browser used it. No, I'm just kidding. That's yeah. <laughs> it was all the fault of fi- actual Firefox company, LLC. Um, They're like, it. we're trademarking this. Sorry, animal. You yeah. can't have it anymore. That would be terrible to do that to a species. <laughs> it, it would be. Um, Critter Steimer, do you have any questions for Naomi while she's here? We have... She has graced us with her time. Oh my god, guys! Oh my god, put her on the spot. Put her I'm on the happy spot. To be here. Guys, She's technically putting I us on the spot. I love your show. I actually love, love your guys' show. Oh, like, oh, yeah, really I do watch it. Like you guys have, it's just amazing. I, I I love everything about it. It's how I get my information now. I'm I not would, even joking. What? It's true. What, but you, you but are you amazing and funny. I know I do this, but like I read things. You know, it's so much better to watch like people, like especially women and you guys who I've known for so long, like. To, it's true. I'm You're not saying, even joking. Know, but it's, we're going to have amazing. a big old cry fest, ladies we're and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> um, I will ask you, you are very, very good at on-camera talent and shenanigans. So you have like Thanks. one piece of advice for people who might be like a little shy, but they kind of want to yeah. try to get into it. Is it something you've always been comfortable doing? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I no, definitely not. Uh, very nerve-wracking, like my first year at IGN. Um, so I think once you do it regularly, like – do it as often and as much as you can and try to do it in front of people. Sometimes it's not always obvious, but um, it does help to like ease up and and build your confidence because you'll kind of find your own voice. Um, I feel like that was the main thing for me. It's like after a year of doing it, I was like, oh, like now I don't have the nerves making this hard. So I can Mm -hmm. just grow into what I think is me and, you know, how I, I sound on camera. I think there's also... Um, you know, you can always go the route of, uh, looking up some of your favorite, uh, like, you know, look up Andrea Renee videos and stuff. (laughs) Any of these wonderful ladies. I was going to say, it's an interesting point you make about, uh, doing it in front of people. And, um, the thing is like a lot of times, especially if people get started in on camera work now, they probably start off vlogging or doing Twitch videos by themselves. Mm -hmm. And even when in my early days, when I was doing on camera teleprompter work, I was like you like in a separate studio um shooting the green screen work and then Mm -hmm. like the video would go to an editor but when you have to read a teleprompter in front of other people it adds a whole nother layer of fear to it yeah and then put that in front of like maybe thousands of people it 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 goes to like even like the stratospheric level of like nerves and it doesn't really ever go away because sometimes people will ask me like you can't possibly still get nervous anymore you you've done so much stuff and i was like, like no. do you even care anymore i was yeah. like oh no i get nervous every time yeah me you too. know it's yeah it's it's just one of those things that never really goes away did you ever do um stage stuff yeah i did i did uh like sonic sonic uh blue or something i forget there was like a, a very popular sonic fan event that was happening at comic-con one year and i did that that was like maybe my first live thing Mm-hmm. And I was super nervous, but I killed it. Um, yeah, but I was did. still super nervous. Like, I was like, uh, give me something to drink. or. Um, but mm-hmm. then I did a couple more, like, the BAFTA words and, like, um, 
God, there's so many now. I'm trying to think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably like, I imagine once you're on stage, the nerves probably happen before you kind of like snap into that mode. True. Right? They do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then you get comfortable and you're like, okay, I can work in this space. It's also mm-hmm. like a feeling of like being comfortable in the space that you are. It's hard to describe, but mm-hmm. um, and the people around you too is very important to have uh, people who like won't point out the fact that you're nervous too and who are like, easy to play off of play absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah like if they're good at improv and they you know are there to support you like in moments of like i have nothing to say and now it's quiet and awkward they'll like back you up kind of like how we're doing it tonight you know yeah exactly yeah i mean the power of a great co-host sometimes goes um uh, unnoticed and that's something i've had some bad ones so i know like when there's there's a huge (laughs) difference to somebody who like is able to work off of another Mm. person you know so there's a huge strength to that i agree and i'm trying to think what else is good advice but that's pretty i think that's really good advice because i think a lot of people see what you and andrew do specifically yeah and it's like oh man public speaking is like the number one fear of a lot of people Mm -hmm. and it's i think reassuring for them to hear that you know you started out really nervous and nerve-wracking you just got to do it more often and get in your comfy zone exactly you can get past it yeah and it's finding your voice too Mm -hmm. like a lot of the problem i had was like i hadn't had a lot of experience public speaking and i hadn't had a lot of experience just talking about things that I liked like I knew the things I liked but I didn't know maybe why or how to explain it um so definitely like watch people and how they go about doing that and then also find people who you think you could emulate with whatever you know whatever kind of thing like if you like that person and you think you kind of have could pull something off like that Mm -hmm. um then maybe do you know follow that person down to the very last second that's great advice yeah i think it's important to seek out other people for inspiration Mm. yeah so indeed advice it is good i can do it steimer any any parting thoughts that you want to ask naomi about i always ask kyle that too on my twitch streams i'm always like any final thoughts kyle people like kyle because of his beard he's great because he's amazing he's amazing i love that you call yourselves the kyles because it's your last we're called the kyle empire on a twitch channel that's even better okay all right, now I'm caught up. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I don't have a question for you, but I feel oh. like this is because like I just I know you you're just my you know bud me. and I know you and I love you and I know I'm so me proud and you of know you. Me. Aww, Aww, thank you. The warm and fuzzies. We have the We're warm just gonna and fuzzies. We're going to hug it out here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Well, Naomi, thank you so much for Thanks coming for on the show on. with us and for chatting games and news and um running us down your executive producer day. That was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, and where can people find you if they want to get in touch and watch your show or or tweet to you? Yeah. Where are you at on the interwebs? On the interwebs, I'm on a Twitter com slash Naomi Kyle. I'm on uh, Facebook.com slash Naomi Kyle fans and uh, twitch.tv slash Naomi Kyle and Instagram. Instagram.com slash the Naomi Kyle. Yeah, you are. (laughs) Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Oh, you guys are all these to me. That's great. So you heard it. Go follow her. Watch her Twitch streams. They are very entertaining. And maybe you'll get to see some poutine again in the future. Yes, Yes, please. Yeah. Um, And um, we look forward to um, keeping up keeping tabs with you wherever you may go and and i'm gonna start watching the fix more i realized that i stopped watching it because um, i used to watch your shows 
I, your I, daily uh, i know which, I could, what were they called again uh, i was the last daily ones. thing i did was um um game trailers gt game news trailers. Yeah, yeah. GT before news, that it was escape right. news now and then before uh, that it was uh clever games i also did machinima's inside gaming daily and yes, then i was on I remember that one playboy's gamer next door weekly that was a once a week show um but yes Dang. lots of Lots of videos. Sometimes when I tell people you could find thousands of videos of me on the internet, it doesn't really hit me until... Do they think that it's porn? It's it's not. You can search for it. Trust me. It's actually Vines. When I do my Google searches of my... Because I have Google alerts set up for my names. Like, I see you guys looking She sees the completed like Google search. Go ahead, keep trying of whatever it may be. I think my favorite thing is that I think Veronica did this. Veronica Belmont. If you search like Veronica Belmont, bikini or Veronica Belmont, like anything risque, she made it so that like the top photo is her like with a piece of paper that says "you perv." Oh, that's amazing! (laughs) See, she's she's smarter than me. I I didn't think of something that good. (laughs) So clever. Um, but um, if you guys want to keep up with what what's good games is doing, of course we have what's goodgames.com and um, if you want to get involved in the Patreon community again patreon.com slash what's good games thank you so much everybody for tuning in we hope you have a fantastic weekend and we'll see you next week bye